Take your business further with the smart and flexible American Express Business Gold Card. You can earn four times points on your top two eligible spending categories every month, like transit, U.S. restaurants, and gas stations. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Four times points on up to $150,000 in purchases per year. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard. And welcome back to the First Cut Podcast with Kyle Porter. That's Kyle Porter. I'm Chip Patterson, and we are here on Monday morning, February 18th. Uh, after all of the wind and the rain and the darkness and the delays and the false starts and the stops and the wipe the scoreboard clear, we have a winner uh, at Riviera as the Genesis Open was claimed by J.B. Holmes. And Kyle, as, as we begin our conversation, we've got a lot to get to. Uh, th- did JT blow it or did J.B. Holmes come get him? We'll get to that in a little bit. What did we see from uh, Tiger Woods in a very challenging, both mentally and physically round, and physically uh, type round? Jordan Spieth absolutely coming undone on the weekend and whether that is an indication of a future trends. But my question to open our conversation today, Kyle, is how do I separate um, my immense frustration with watching jb holmes on the golf course with trying to still appreciate him as a human being who is good at golf uh should you i mean isn't isn't like sports hate part of the fun of sports fair ab- absolutely fair you know that i try to be i tr- i i bend more empathetic than most sports fans what what is your what what's your what's your issue with them that uh the viewing experience, which can crawl at times, is only further sludged up. Uh, I'm, as a matter of like, also how you how you play. You know, I'm I'm very much a a rate of play ready golf type player. Like I just yeah, I'm, I'm not. I I am more often than not like you you should be spending time while everyone else is doing their stuff, getting ready so that when it's your turn. You step up and you you take a swing, or you step up and you make that putt. And JB Holmes on the green was pretty infuriating, uh, waiting for his turn to then begin his process. Yeah, I don't, I don't want to. Sp- You're right. I don't want to spend too much time on the on the pace of play thing because I think that there was just so there were so many other fun things to talk about. But I, I think the thing that that I was so I was thinking about two things when it comes to JB Holmes' pace of play over the weekend, and and the first is that. I think it's pretty interesting that you don't see many of the best players in the world that are slow. Like who's the best player in the world who's also slow? Mm. I guess I guess like Bryson. Speed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was. I was. I could only come up with speed. Bryson's a good call. I could only come up with speed as I'm running through my mind right now. And that's only. And we are probably only getting more of a window into that because speed and his conversations with Michael Greller have been part of the conversation and part of the the story of Jordan Speed for as long as he's been a pro. Uh, Jason Day, maybe. I'm I'm going through the top. Reed maybe gets slow at times. I I don't know. I mean, you you Patrick Cantlay is pretty slow. You walk, you go through the top twenty in the world, and it's like everybody's pretty fast. 
And I, I really agree. I was listening to Brendan Porath and Andy Johnson on the Shotgun Start, their excellent podcast. And I thought Andy made a really good point. And they had made it earlier in the year. And the whole the whole thing with sports is like and 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 this is true of writing too, right? Like I think you're gonna agree with this. The the whole thing with sports is not who can do this the best it's who can do this the best in this constrained amount of time. Yes. So like anybody can go out and write a column about the masters. Like I could pull like I could, I could pull anybody, I could pull any of my friends and they could write something that would be legitimately good about one round, the final round of the 2019 masters. But the trick is, can you do that on a deadline with people well, in my case, with kids screaming at you with <laughs> all these different things, like that's that's the skill. And so when you talk about Brooks Kepke, when you talk about Dustin Johnson, when you talk about all these guys, their skill is in being able to calculate and figure out the shots and all this different stuff in a in a in a condensed period of time. And so when you get somebody like JB Holmes who takes like anybody can spend ten minutes and and get all the information and all the data and figure it out, but it doesn't, it doesn't bring out the people who are the most skilled at it. And I thought that was a really great point by both of them and sort of the, the crux of this entire thing. But all right. So JB Holmes as a success is his first win uh, on the PGA tour since 2015. We've always looked at him as what a, a top like uh, JB Holmes, probably what a top 50 golfer. On, on average, like you would consider yeah, him somewhere yeah. between 50 and 75. You're, you're rarely going to put him on a top 25 list if you were making an AP poll for uh, for the PGA Tour. But you, you're not going to get to 100 without coming across J.B. Holmes. Yeah, he uh, actually he was ranked. He was ranked 100th last week. Uh, so technically true. He was ranked 100th. He moves up to 42nd in the world with the win. Uh, but I, I think... Uh, I mean, he's been on a couple of Ryder Cup teams. I think generally, yeah, top top fifty, top seventy five guy. It, I think the the part that was, it, I don't know, like I wasn't rooting for him, especially with the leaderboard that, and and Solly of No Line Up, Chris Solomon tweeted this like JT, Rory, Tiger. Uh, I think adam scott i think those are the four names that he put in all in the top five at riviera on a sunday it doesn't get any better than this and, and jb holmes wins jb holmes wins and you're like well it doesn't get much worse than that no i mean look jb holmes great story uh i don't i think he's good dude like whatever i i just think it's and we've seen this at Riviera. This is the part that's interesting to me. You look at the last seven years of winners, and you've had three Bubbas. You've had a DJ. But then you've had J.B. Holmes. You've had James Hahn. You've had John Merrick. Mm-hmm. And you start to look at it, and you're like, wait a second. I thought Riviera only produced like these elite champions. you know. And, and J.B. Holmes is a good player. I mean, I'm not saying he's not. But he's not in the, the Bubba DJ you know that that kind of class of player, and, and if so, in, in like in many of the other simulations of this golf tournament, one of those other future Hall of Famers wins it. I was feeling so good about my uh, JT's going to win three of the next eleven events prediction on like Sunday around noon. 
Like I was making a, I was making a peanut butter sandwich about noon on Sunday. Just, just thinking about like all the things I was going to say to you on Monday about like how good my predictions are. <laughs> I, find, <laughs> I know, I know, I know you're just being a little extra arrogant for, uh, for the purposes of effect on the podcast, but I actually do know your headspace making that peanut butter and jelly sandwich. And what you actually were doing was you were like piecing together what you were going to write. Cause like we said, limited time yeah, constraints, yeah. like you are expected to produce a, a wealth of content the moment that golf tournaments are done. So, you know, like the many in the profession and across all of the sports in the industry, you, you start to cook through it as, as you think that the decision is done. I mean, I, I'm sure that your JT wins column is, was going to be fantastic. But that ain't it. Well, that ain't yeah, it, that's definitely not it. It would have been his tenth in his first 124 events. Spieth had 11. Rory had 13. Tiger had 29. And I think I think the interesting symmetry there. And and somebody brought this up. Somebody texted me about this. Actually, a friend of the show, Sean Martin, texted me about this about how about like comparing and contrasting JT and Spieth. And, and the way, especially if, if JT would have won and kind of the way their final rounds went and like, you know, the question I've been asking, like, is JT actually better than Jordan Spieth? Sure. And, and, go, and going all the way back to whenever the NCAAs were at Riviera, I think it was like 11 or 12 and uh, Texas beat Bama. But I think JT beat, uh, I think JT beat Spieth in their match in the finals i'd have to look that up to to make sure but that would have been some pretty intriguing symmetry uh if if jt had held on to win but when you take 34 putts in the final round 19 on the back nine uh you don't really deserve to win i mean he he just i don't know man i i don't think if jt is somebody who like falls apart and i i don't know if i don't know if that's like the right verbiage to use but it was Two three putts and a four putt on the back nine on a Sunday when you have the lead is is not good. Sometimes I I think of championships and uh, it doesn't work as well in a golf tournament. But sometimes I think about championships and championship form. Like uh, sometimes a, a team can reach that, but if they reach it too early in the season then they might not end up winning the championship because it's so hard to maintain that championship form over time. I don't know if Mm. it works all the way to golf, but it felt like Justin Thomas had reached the end of the race. Like he had found the pot of gold. There was just, you know, what, 11 holes left to play at that point. And he just couldn't stay there. I, I I don't, I felt, fell apart as tough, but given the golf that he had played, given the commanding lead, even in the conditions, I do kind of look at this one as a little bit. I, I probably look at this one as as Justin Thomas as an equal, if not more intriguing, uh, you know, aspect to the result than JB Holmes. And you know, what? and it might be a throwaway. That could be the answer. It's like it just it was a weird week. It was a tough week. It was the very end, and he just lost focus. And he lost. And he'll probably take some good notes and learn from it. But that it it is just incredibly hard to maintain all of that through you know 60 hours of competition or whatever it ended up being for these guys waking up at 4 30 in the morning not knowing if they were going to go sitting around having to play in the same groups and just like run it back a 30 minute break between your third and fourth rounds like it's it is uh excusable for me to say yeah jt just lost it 
he just he lost focus, lost a little bit of concentration. And when you're playing professional golf at a championship course like that, then that's how you lose a golf tournament. I was watching on Saturday night, which, by the way, I, I watched so much golf this weekend. It was unbelievable. But I really enjoyed and maybe it was just Riviera. Maybe it was Tiger making five threes in a row. Maybe I, I don't know. Maybe it was just the leaderboard. I loved watching this tournament. It was so much fun. And granted, like I had to watch it for probably too too long a period of time. You did. But it's not healthy. It was. Uh, I just enjoyed it. And and I was watching on I was watching on Saturday night. JTT's off at like uh, eight Eastern or something crazy for his third round, and he hits this just flighted three wood. They got. I mean, it, it was just a bullet, and it stopped one yard short of the end of the the run out of the fairway on one. And he hits an iron in, makes the putt for eagle, and you're just like, this is that's a wrap. I know there's 30, <laughs> I know there's 35 holes left, but this is this is over. I mean, I was I was searching the Vince Carter gif on on Twitter. I well, mean the the way the way that and and it's with, with JT it's it's. It's less about the actual production and more about the way he makes it look to where you're like, this guy looks like a, a like, and I don't mean this in the same way I mean it with maybe a Justin Rose, but this guy looks like a robot. Like he, he looks like he cannot miss a shot. And I think the thing with JT is like, you really, you really trust his short game around the greens with the putter he's really good he's not like top 10 on the pga tour good but he's top 30 in every category and so that was why the way that he fell apart i mean the the four putt on sunday oh my gosh it was so bad Mm. and then jb jb holmes three putting from three did you see that no oh i mean it, it was unbelievable and it was it was interesting because it almost turned it almost turned Riviera into kind of the uh, I don't know about the star, but kind of the main story. Oh, because you're like interesting. You're like you're like oh, this is what an elite course looks like when conditions are tough. Because we, you know, yeah, because we've had uh, a couple times either in major championships or bigger tournaments where um, the the conditions have been great and it's just been a birdie fest. Yeah, and it was a birdie fest for the first couple of days, and then all of a sudden you see Sundays. Uh, you know, the average score was almost, I think it was a little over 72. So over a stroke, over par. And uh, it was just, it was pretty nasty coming home. And everybody who finished their round late kind of talked about that. And I think the other thing, you, you mentioned this, I think guys were pretty fatigued from the week. I think you saw some mental, I don't know about mental meltdowns, but just some guys like just just crawling to the finish line. I mean, it, it, it's... It's so tiring, and they didn't get, you know, I know nobody feels sorry for guys who are playing for, you know, an $8 million purse at Riviera or whatever, but it's not easy. Like, it's not easy to go, like, stay in it mentally for 11 hours, 34 holes, and um, I, don't, I don't know. I think, you got, I think you saw kind of the result of that coming home. You ever put together a, a golf weekend where your crew bit off more than you could chew and it wasn't until you were playing that last round that everybody kind of realized together that maybe we would all be better off. The golf would have been a lot better and we would have been happier with one less round. Yeah, we, we did that. I did that last fall. We, we played Beth Page and then we went and played this other course 
this really awesome course um, with KVV and and Porath, and by like the it, it was like back to back rounds same day, and we we don't none of us play a ton of golf just because we all have kids and we're doing a bunch of different stuff, and by like the turn on the second round, it was like what are we doing? <laughs> yes, this is, this is a this is like it, it's like not even you're like out of your mind. It's, it's like beyond not fun. You're just like, I don't even like, why do I exist? Well, that, I, it's that's what, when, when 34, pu- <clears throat> 34 putts in 18 holes feels like that round to me. Yeah. When you're like, oh, I don't, yeah. I'm just, I'm just checked out. I'm just over <laughs> this. I just want to go Wait. home. His first three rounds, he had 26 putts in round one, 24 in round two. 24 again in round three and then 34 in the final round. Yeah. I'm 19 on the back nine. (coughs) I'm going to throw out this result from my judgment of Justin Thomas. I'm just going to say JT checked out and I don't blame him. Yeah. I mean, you know, I I think that there is a, uh, I don't know. I think JT is the best player in the world. I I think it's JT or, or, or DJ, or or I don't know. I guess Kepka's in there. Him? Just... What a take! Sixteen forty-five mark. All right. <laughs> so, Wait, do, do you disagree? No, I just I, I like I like you saddling up. I don't think that anybody I don't think anybody is named an alpha right now. I think JT. I think Justin Thomas is the best player in the world. I thought he was going to win like two of seven, three of eleven. I think he's going to win the Masters. I'm making all the calls right now. Awesome. I love it. All right. Uh, what went wrong with Jordan Spieth? What we liked from Tiger Woods? More thoughts from Riviera coming up right after this. It's a really fine line creating workout clothes that are great in the gym and workout clothes that are also great to look at outside the gym. And Viore has threaded that needle. They are designed to work out in, but they don't look like it. They don't feel like it. And it's incredibly comfortable stuff, whether you are running, training, swimming, doing yoga, running errands, lounging around the house. It really doesn't matter. These are versatile clothes. You'll find me often in the men's Sunday performance jogger because I I like the jogger situation that goes on down at the bottom, but they're very comfortable. Uh, They've got a little bit of a shorter inseam, so they're not as bulky as as other pants or other joggers that I have seen out there, and I've really enjoyed how they work both in and out of the gym. So now, here's what you can do for for our listeners. Uh, First-time purchasers are getting 20% off. All you have to do is go to viori.com slash first. That's V-U-O-R-I.com slash first. Again, Not only will you receive 20% off your first order, but enjoy free shipping on any U.S. orders over $75. And here's my favorite part, free returns. Yeah, go check it out. Viore.com slash first and discover the versatility of Viore clothing. Did you know that more than 75% of Americans will experience foot pain in their lifetime, but only 10% will seek out a solution for that pain. Those numbers do not add up to me. And I know it can be confusing the biomechanics of the foot, the bones, the muscles, everything in between. But solving foot pain is simple. And that's where Superfeet comes into play. These Superfeet insoles go into your shoes, give your feet comfort and support where they need it the most, and redistribute the forces that reduce both stress and strain through your entire body, not just your feet. Insoles have been 
uh, phenomenal for me uh, personally, and they are clinically proven to decrease fatigue, reduce injury, and improve comfort. I can attest to that myself, especially when walking a, a lot of golf holes that I play. So if you feel good, you play good, you look good, everything works out from there and it starts from the bottom up. Visit superfeet.com and enter promo code FIRST at checkout for 15% off your first order plus free shipping. All right, Big Cat, uh, put together some thrills. You said making the cut would have would be a successful weekend. He was uh, flirting with it on Saturday as we had that you know round two into round three day for the entire field. And Woods is able to make it, I believe, by a stroke and then catch a little bit of fire. Uh, I think well, I, I haven't pulled up your grade, so I apologize. I, I suppose I should have. But, you know, what was your, your general feeling, takeaway, grading of, uh, of Tiger Woods with his performance here at the Genesis Open? I thought he was great. I mean, I think sometimes we do this thing where we're like, okay, Tiger's nine back of the lead. And, and what's and it gonna at, take? Well, yeah, yeah. What's it? Yeah, exactly. That's the that's the question. Every radio hit HQ, and you're like, well, it's it's literally impossible. It cannot happen. Uh, but we we do this thing where guys are, are like eight or nine back, and we forget that the person out in front is having a, a, this historic performance. And so you, I think it. Like the context of it matters. Where are they on the leaderboard? Where where's Tiger on the leaderboard? Where are these other guys on the leaderboard? Because you can't again, like I always go back to this, you can't control what other guys are doing. You can only you can only do what, what you're doing. And the five threes in a row on on Saturday evening, I guess, that was awesome. Yeah. That was so fun. I mean that that round I even I love Sunday. I loved everything that happened on Sunday. There was there was great shots, there was carnage. We got we got it all. I mean, it was it was fantastic. But the shot Tiger hit into eleven on Saturday for Eagle was it was a joke. I mean, two two fifty three. It's a yeah. five wood. Just <laughs> just this high cut. I mean, it was awesome. It was unbelievable. And he looks so comfortable striking the ball right now. I mean, just from tee to green, he looks really good. And uh, so I don't know. I mean. I, I wrote this a little bit about Rory before his round finished, like and this was when JT was way out in front. We we can't we can't do this thing where we judge guys' performances based on how much they lose by. Because mm. you 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 could get beat by the by the best performance in golf history, and that doesn't mean you had a bad week. And so for Tiger to finish T fifteen here where he missed the cut last year, he's just I mean, if the schedule is based on the four majors, then he's ahead of schedule. And uh, if if this is if he has that form in a regular uh, schedule that doesn't if he if he's playing golf at that level in a regular schedule that doesn't involve all the starts and stops and the lack of rest, uh, I think that the forty three year old Tiger Woods probably finishes about three strokes better too. Yeah, I think so. I think that hurt him. Butch, by the way, did you see him tell Dottie Pepper he's going to get up at two or three in the morning on Sunday? Yeah, I thought he was. Like, uh, what are you doing? He's being a crazy person. I I tell you he, what, I I I think I'm not going to to jump out on this because it's going to be such a you know basic talking point. You know, we 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 joke about the sports radio sort of list of conversations and and sort of the <laughs> the Tiger centric focus, but Tiger Woods can win the Masters. 
Absolutely. Yeah. There, but so, but the, the, here's the problem. So can like 20 guys. Yeah, 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 yeah. But if we're only talking about Tiger Woods, I'm just saying that in my in on my checklist of of things that you'd like to see, I'd be like, yeah, he's he's playing really, really well. And if yeah, no, I I agree, and and I don't I don't think that I said that last year or that I would have said that. Uh, but the pro- here, here's the problem is that. I think before you would have said, hey, he can win the Masters, which, by the way, he hasn't won the Masters in 14 years. That's fine. But before you would have said, okay, he can win the Masters even if he's not playing the very best he can possibly play. And that's that's not true right now. Like that's He has to be playing the very best he can possibly play to win the Masters, to win any uh, really to win any tournament to win. that he's yes. playing in. Yeah. Yes, I yeah. agree 100%. But I, I think he is close enough to playing as good as Tiger Woods can play to to consider him as much of a threat as his name makes him. Yeah. By the way, did you see the uh, two-footer he missed on Sunday? <laughs> I did actually see that one. <laughs> I mean, to some of these putts these guys were missing, it was like, oh my gosh. I mean... I do this thing when I'm live blogging where if, if somebody's within, like if they lag something within four feet, I'll just go ahead and enter like, oh, Tiger made a par on, you know, whatever, 12. It, like I just automatically do it because those guys, they don't miss four footers. They don't miss three footers. And on Sunday, I wasn't, I wasn't doing that. Because <laughs> yeah, I, was, I was about to say, you got to be like, I'll, I'll do that too in the live blog. It's like, all right, great, you know, great, uh, great try. Looks like he'll clean that one up for a birdie or clean that one up yeah. for a par. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I had some, yeah, it was, uh, that was not the case on, on Sunday, which made for a really dramatic and fun final round. I, I loved it. I, th- I thought the whole thing was great because you got, you got both sides of Riviera, right? You got the easy, like, hey, this this course is a classic, but it's also not super long. Guys can overpower it. But then you also got, like, hey, if the wind blows a little bit, this is hard. And these greens are really tough. And you have to legitimately be on the correct side of the fairway to have a good angle in, put the ball on the right side of the pin to have a shot at birdie. Otherwise, you might three-putt, which we saw guys do a ton on, on Saturday – or, excuse me, on Sunday – the, one of the things that made uh, this weekend really frustrating for S- Jordan Spieth and a, I guess anyone who is rooting for Jordan Spieth's success or, or, you know, I don't know if there's really Jordan Spieth fans. No one's really a fan. Uh, I mean, this ain't NASCAR. But uh, have you ever, Do you ever uh, see, like, guys like Sergio this week? He's like, I just want to apologize to all my fans. And I'm like, <laughs> like who is that? Like, who are those people? I think that Sergio might think that followers are fans on social media. <laughs> Wait, but seriously, like you bring up a really good point. Like Tiger is is in his own category, but everybody else, you're like, it's it's weird because in golf you don't have teams, and so like if like James Harden has fans, but they're also sort of they they you conflate them with like also Houston Rockets fans Correct. which makes sense right and in golf or tennis it's like I, I, how do i categorize like individual fans it's it's such a weird thing um b- basically what brand you want to align yourself with you treat the go- <laughs> you you ready for this fans treat golfers the way that golfers treat sponsors 
you associate yourself with players to define like your identity of the identity of your brand. So like all of the accountants are with Phil. Yes. Every, yeah, absolutely. And all the degenerate gamblers and all the insider traders. <laughs> <laughs> um, Jordan. So this was an interesting thing because this, is this going to be a statistical anomaly with the first and second round scoring versus third and fourth round scoring when some of the second round scoring was technically on the weekend because it's uh, in the last four times that Jordan Spieth has made the cut, he's gone really low on first two rounds and kind of exploded in the second two rounds. Is like where wh- What do we make of um, this, this recent trend from Spieth? Spieth, by the way, is uh, 208th on the PGA Tour in final round scoring average. Unbelievable. Oh, uh, and that was the other with- thing that made it so tough is that we had to watch him the whole time because they kept the same pairings. Yeah. Yeah, and so he's with, he's, he's with Rory, and Rory's like 14 shots better than him. Yes, it was very awkward. Uh, I don't... I don't know, man. He had a he had a three, four, five, six, seven, eight on the card in the first ten holes on on Sunday in the final round on Sunday. Like I don't know if you and I can do that. Missing a one, two, and nine. I think I saw you say. Yeah, Shane Bacon was rooting hard for the the first uh, golf straight, the one t- one through nine. Should have oh. been incredible. Yeah. I mean, it, it almost can't happen. Uh, he took seven strokes from 27 yards on the 10th hole. No idea what happened, but the shot tracker, the shot link graphic is grotesque. I mean, it's, it's unbelievable. I, I, I don't know. I, I think one of the things that I go back to with, with these guys when I'm watching them is trust. Like how much do I trust you? Mm-hmm. And, and it was interesting because I've actually started to trust Rory and, and Adam Scott on like with putts more now than like Jordan Spieth. If well, I'll get to Spieth, but if if one of those guys had an eight footer, I was like, nah, nah, it's not going to happen. And obviously, sometimes they would make it, but I just I didn't trust them. And for whatever reason, I I do now. I don't know if that's actually based in reality or statistical reality or whatever, but that's that's just my perception. And with Spieth right now. No trust on it, on putts, on shot. I mean, did you see the shanky hit on number two on Sunday? Yes. Oh my gosh. What, what was that? I mean, he, he it, it almost went like sideways. Right, right, right. It, it was, sideways. it was almost like the 180 degree like trajectory off, like that, on access. That was crazy. Yeah. And I, I don't know. I, I just, and the thing that's so weird to me, and I, I wrote this in my grades, his his defining characteristic to me in the first part of his career was consistency. Like he just grinds and grinds, and he's so consistent, and he doesn't he doesn't shoot seventy fives. He he turns them into seventy threes or seventy twos or whatever. And now his his scoring average on Sundays is seventy five in in four tournaments so far this season. And uh, I don't know. I've I've said uh, the whole year that I would wait until through the Masters to see like to reserve judgment on like what 
what the report card is for him, but uh, not trending the right way. Mm. I don't. I. You have already purchased all of the stock, obviously, all the long term options and everything else, and I. I kind of felt like I wanted to to be on the front end of the speed resurgence, but I'm worried that that investment is not going to pan out. Uh, by the way, he's T6 in first round scoring average. So sixth in first round, 208th in final round. Is there Seems any... bad. He's just... It's so tough because he's still so young and there's like, at, at, you know... Health, hopefully with a, with with full health and, and no major injuries or, or limited injury issues there's there's years and years and tons of golf that's left i feel like we just don't have enough we just don't have enough data right now to have be able to make any kind of um intelligent prediction of how this is going to go because this is a territory that we have not seen in Spieth's professional career yeah and i th- i think that <laughs> You know, among the many things that Tiger has skewed, it's that prolonged slumps like this, like not not winning, but like shooting 81s on Sundays are uh, just not something that we've seen from superstars. Yeah. And so it's almost like I think I think part of it is you just you just have to like play your way to the other side of it. And I I, I think that's true. Like, I don't think this is like the new reality for, for Spieth. But uh, I don't know. 81s at Riviera on Sunday do not engender a ton of confidence. Uh, anything else from your notebook from Riviera on the weekend? You want to make sure we hit here on the pod before we uh, – man, we'll, what a turnaround. And now we got to go to WGC Mexico later in the week. I know. Uh, Rory, disappointing finish. I thought he played all right, he, though, in yeah, general. Yeah, he he played fine. He just, I don't know. He holds out on 16. He's within two. You're like, okay, well, he's got 17 coming up, downwind. He's got 18. You know, he could go 4-4 four, four and get in the house at what? That would have been 14 under. Yeah. And instead he goes 5-5. Five, five. And it's just like, what what are you doing? You know? I, I, I don't know. Like, I, I wanted to see a close there. Although 14 under would have, yeah, I guess 14 under would have gotten him, him into a playoff. He just, he, I don't know. Like he's, he's top five every week. He's top 10 every week, whatever. But I, I, I haven't felt like, and I always tweet out like the Elmo gif or the, you know, whatever, but I never feel like, Oh, this is, you know, this is it. This is where he's going to get it done. And part of that is because, I mean, he was down eight going into the final round. Right. So like, historically that's just not going to happen he was down uh, to justin rose by what like seven at tory you're like well that's not going to happen he was down to gary woodland by like six or seven at at uh, kapalua okay not going to happen um so so part of it is like that's just not where he wins from like he he needs to just get off to a slightly better start so so he's legitimately in the conversation going into saturday and sunday and not kind of on the fringe of the conversation but I will say, I do think at some point on the, on the, in the second half of his career, he is going to shoot that like 61 on Sunday and overtake somebody who he was down five to. And it's going to be awesome. And I don't know <laughs> when it's going to happen, but it's, it's going to be fantastic. Oh, man. I, I hope we're still, uh, I hope it happens soon so that we can talk about it here on the first cut podcast. <laughs> 
that was that would be an instant we might even uh start recording before the end of the round if yeah, he does that yeah. so he he's gone uh he went t4 capilla t5 farmers t4 genesis open so i mean that's <laughs> look like we talk about him in different terms but it's still a really good start to to 2019 and and he'll have uh He'll have a lot of. I mean, there's a ton of tournaments coming up. Mexico. I don't know if he's going to play Honda because well, he probably won't play Honda because he'll defend at Bay Hill, and then you got players. So he he's got uh, he's got a lot of opportunity to win some win some events over the next few weeks. So your uh, statement earlier in the show, you believe Justin Thomas is the best player in the world at this moment. Yeah, I I am excited because it. You know, the the condensed schedule, whatever whatever else, like we, we're just sort of feeling it. We're putting it into practice right now, and it feels like in the next two months, well, we should have some clarity on that conversation. Yeah, unless like DJ wins the players and Brooks wins the Masters and JT wins three of – I mean, like, the, I don't know. There's just – like, why, why, do you, why do you think that? Because if Brooks because wins – how many – if Brooks wins the Masters, that's a, that's it. He's he's the dude. Yeah, no, that's true. Yeah, I, I and I think that, uh, and I, I think that while the events are something else, I as much as anything, I'm, I'm probably looking at the tournaments, the fields, and the courses, and I'm fe- and I'm guessing and surmising that these tests and these challenges will give us a little bit more order than we we haven't had all of these uh, all of the dozen packed together in one tournament much less like up at the top of one leaderboard i mean we we almost had it at riviera like i think i think that adam scott like probably is more in the conversation for one of the best golfers in the world right now than we would think or than maybe the average golfer would think what about siwoo siwoo was playing real well yesterday 68 66 on the weekend Part of the reason I say this about JT, Charles Howell finished uh, in sixth. By the way, I didn't. I don't think I saw him hit a shot, and I watched a ton of golf. But <laughs> part of the reason that I say this about uh, JT is, and you, you saw this at Riviera, and this is this is part of what Riviera does, and and part of it was the weather and the wind and and all that stuff. He hit so many different types of shots. I mean, I there's. I love um But does that make you the I, most talented golfer or I don't think that necessarily makes you the best like if if the conversation is the best golfer in the game right now I think that is a fluid conversation that seems to me like a skill set that anchors his argument but there still has to be production to be able to claim the crown Yeah you're right it, it's just it's the it's a part for me that when when you talk, like I I tweeted out the uh, there was a Rory uh, top tracer on 18 where he hit this like cut driver that carried like 290 or something. I mean, it was a joke because that that uh, that holds uphill and the the trajectory on it was just sick. And somebody tweeted at me and said, "Oh, he's the ultimate example of of uh, drive for show, putt for dough." And I was like, "Well, actually." No, like it's the opposite because he doesn't putt and yet he still, you know, is in the top five every week. Like it's he's actually an example of drive and hit iron shots for dough and putt to win tournaments like that. That's what is reality there. But my, my point is that like 
I loved at Riviera, like watching those guys and specifically JT hit these cuts, these draws off of tree lines and bunker lines into uh, into these greens where you had to be on the right side of the hole. I, I just feel like it, and this is maybe more of a statement about Riviera than it is about JT. I just feel like it, it was it was demanding in a way that some courses like like JT won at Bridgestone last year. It's not demanding in the same way. And so that was that was super fun to watch. And if you're winning at Bridgestone and at Riviera, that means you uh, you can ace both ends of the test, which is uh, which is is really difficult and indicative that you might be the best player in the world right now. I mean, I love it. This again, this I I would like to continue to trace this conversation and draw it out as a theme as we as we get through um, a, a players' championship that all of a sudden is going to creep up on us in March. Uh, as we continue to look ahead towards the Masters, because I think when we wrap up things from Augusta National, I, I would like... You're right. It might be more confusing than ever, but it feels <laughs> like this is... With with Riviera and and what we've got coming up here for uh, for the next two months of golf, it's super exciting. And there's also nothing else going on in sports, right? No March Madness. Wait, wait, yeah. <laughs> wait, till, wait till Spieth wins the Masters. Oh, man. <laughs> He, w- I mean, if Spieth wins the Masters, it does nothing for my "Who's the best player in the world right now?" argument. Who, who, you answer it. Who's the best player? I think. I don't say have, Brooks. I, 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 if, I, I haven't seen Brooks Kepka play. <laughs> I know nobody. Has. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. If <laughs> if Brooks just comes out f- from the weight room and wins the Masters, it's him. He's probably the closest to having a definitive claim to best in the world. I think that I am excited about the potential for Rory coming for it right now. And I have already told you that I love Dustin Johnson for everything that he is, but I, I'm not, I'm not hanging my hat or my hopes on him. I kind of feel like we are at the, we are not at, at all at the tail end of his career, but I do think that his window as the game's alpha is closing. I just, I, I think that there's a difference between saying, I want to be really great at golf and between, and between that and saying, I want to be the guy. Correct. And I think that, I think that Justin Rose and, and all these different guys, uh, Ricky, even Bryson, I think they, I think they are, are saying, I want to be really good at golf. And I think Justin Thomas is saying, I want to be the guy. Yeah, I think Bro- is, I think Brooks is, is too. I think I mean all the comments that we got from him in the last couple I weeks. Know. Yeah, I know. it's cr- it's great. I think he's coming for bodies. <laughs> and he didn't play in last year's Masters too, and that was like, oh, when I was sitting at home with my injury, I realized how much I loved golf. No, that is if it, yeah. If he wins the Masters, that's that's three of his last four. Uh, wins it mate like he would have won three of the last four majors that he played in so how about that what's my answer that's, a, that's I haven't, ludicrous i haven't seen him play but i think brooks is the closest to asserting himself as the game's alpha yeah i, I love it i think it's great and i think it's i think it's such a fun conversation with so many guys that are so good at golf and we got to we got to see that at a great course over the weekend and we'll get to see it at a not great course 
uh, this weekend in, in Mexico. Don't forget to tip your caddies. He is Kyle Porter at Kyle Porter CBS. You can follow me at Chip underscore Patterson. Kyle, thank you very much. Thanks, Chip.